Hi, I'm your host, Alan. And your host, Corbin. And this is your guide to Kung Fu Panda 3. Released January 29th, directed by Alessandro Carloni and Jennifer Yun Nelson. Now, Kung Fu Panda 3 marks the first time that a major American feature film was co-produced with a Chinese company. DreamWorks also opened up a Shanghai-based studio called Oriental DreamWorks. Now, in 2015, it was announced that Mads Mikkelsen was on board to voice Kai. Um, but the character ended up being rewritten, and so the voice changed to J.K. Simmons. Oh. Rebel Wilson was also going to be voicing uh, the character of Mei Mei, and you can even see her name in the first trailer. Um, but she ended up being replaced by Kate Hudson. Um, I think they had to do this because they had to extend the production, and then they changed to Kate Hudson. And doing that means that they had to also reanimate Mei Mei to match Kate Hudson's voice. Now, as we noted the last time, um, while this one and the Kung Fu Panda that came before this were distributed by Paramount Pictures, this one was distributed by 20th Century Fox. Um, Paramount Pictures, they uh, helped distribute the films, at least for Kung Fu Panda um, and DreamWorks up until 2012, and then went over to 20th Century until 2017. Um, and now it's with Universal Pictures, um, I think, think it's owned by NBC Universal. And when it comes to um, its release date, it kind of jumped around a lot. Um, it was originally going to come out March 18th, 2016. Then it was moved to December 23rd, 2015, and then moved back to March 18th again, so it wouldn't compete with Star Wars. And then for the final time, it moved to January 29th, 2016, I think it was to go along with uh, or get closer to the dates of the Chinese New Year. Um, oh. But they moved it around a number of times before finally setting on January 29th, 2016. Um, this was also the time when, you know, some pretty big changes were happening with DreamWorks. Like I mentioned, they changed distributors. Um, and then after this we released, I think they changed again. Um, so... In, so Katzenberg has also come out and said that, you know, any sequels would be more along the lines of what NBC Universal wants to do since now they own the property. But the top 10 grossing movies for that year were Captain America Civil War, Rogue One A Star Wars Story, Finding Dory, Zootopia, The Jungle Book, The Secret Life of Pets, Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, Deadpool and Suicide Squad. Uh, Corbin, do you know anything? Did you see anything interesting with that list that I just named off, specifically with the first five? Well, they are all under the umbrella of Disney. Yeah, they all also grossed over a billion dollars in the box office, with the exception of Jungle Book, um, which um, grossed a measly nine hundred and sixty-six point six million. Um, so Disney this year was dominating the box office. Yeah, Disney was dominating with billion dollars all around poor kung fu panda dreamworks yeah i don't mm -hmm. know if it stood a chance but i did check from that year we have reviewed the 2016 ghostbusters 10 cloverfield lane la la land forgot that came That's out right. 2016 it's quite a while now um your your some of your favorite movies patterson Cresha. um also jason Bourne, and later this year in october we will be reviewing arrival that's right. So I was definitely in the theater for a good majority of these. Um, I don't think I saw Finding Dory in theaters, but I saw Zootopia. I saw Deadpool. I saw Suicide Squad. I was definitely there for Civil War. 
Rogue One. So even like the top 10 and the ones that you named off, I was there. 2016 was a pretty busy year and I was in theaters a lot. Yeah, I was too. And it is kind of weird to think that um, Kung Fu Panda 3 came out five years, four months and 26 days ago. Really not that long ago, actually, when you think about it. We were both in the middle of college. That's right. Yeah. I mean, it took a few years to get from, you know, Kung Fu Panda 2. But yeah, you're right. It doesn't seem like it was that long ago. Um, also, since I haven't said it, 80th Academy Awards Best Picture went to Spotlight. I remember that being kind of a big, like, what that was, in the world? That was a big what, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, as I mentioned, it came out January 29th, January release, you know, usually. Mm, not a good time. <laughs> yeah. it's Usually, January, you want to stay away from, although I don't know how true that is now. Um, yeah, but, that's changing. Yeah, either way. It came out the tail end of January. It released in 3,955 theaters, so I think about as many as it was last week. So with a budget this time around with $140 million, um, opening weekend got $41.3 million. So mm-hmm. it did all right. It did okay. I think that's the lowest of an opening weekend we've had of the three, right? It is the lowest opening weekend. If you don't count Memorial Day opening last time, mm-hmm. it grossed about $6 million less. Okay. But that's a drop from the 60 million opening from the first film. But the most important question is, was it number one or was it number two like last time? It did come out at number one. And in fact, it stayed number one for a couple of weeks. Um, But it also came out to not much competition. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Number two was was The Revenant, which had already been in for a few weeks. Star Wars 7. Um, the Finest Hours, which did release that week, but came out at number four, and Ride Along hmm. 2. Um, not a whole lot of competition. Um, no, the next week, no. Hail Caesar, The Choice, and Pride and Prejudice and Zombies came out at two, five, and six, respectively. Um, so, yeah, not a whole lot of competition until the third week when Deadpool released. That knocked it down to number two. Um, And it stayed number two until week five when Gods of Egypt came out and that knocked it down to number three. So technically, it did do a pretty good in terms of placement, um, did a pretty good theatrical run, you know, being in the top three for at least the first five weeks. Yeah, but when you look at it, the other films released in summer, they were going up against other summer titles and getting that kind of a box office return they're still somewhat able to hold their own there um not as confident as releasing the first one in june but i can tell you where where i was i was not seeing kung fu panda 3 um now that you brought a pale caesar i remember i went and saw that for my birthday um that would have been i don't i didn't see it opening weekend i think i saw it a week or two afterwards gotcha yeah i know i was in the theater for deadpool I was in the theater for Star Wars when it released, so not, you know, it was a, about a month or so before this one. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't get to see the Revenant in theaters. Um, oh, I did. From my Great. memory, those are the few that I was in the theater for. Um, so, I mean, kind of going back to the budget here and box office earnings, um, we noted that opening weekend, uh, it did, it did eh, lowest of all three of the films. Um, it released at a strange time, no, not during the summer, but, you know, still in the winter time. Um, 
Domestically, it only grossed 143.5 million, which is still eh, uh, just barely over their budget um, for at least domestic release. But uh, if I'm not mistaken, also, again, the lowest grossing domestically of the three films. Yeah, the lowest grossing domestically by quite a bit, actually. And if uh, on according to Box Office Mojo, the budget is 145. Okay. So technically, it didn't make back its budget if you go off box office mojo, but it sounds very close to what the numbers is reporting. So there's some, probably some room for error there. Yeah. Yeah. But I do know that this overall was the lowest grossing because foreign markets at 377.6, which uh, this one, like I mentioned, as it was co-produced with a Chinese company, they were really, mm -hmm. and especially now I feel they're probably going more for the Chinese market. Um, within overall worldwide total of 521.2 million so it didn't cross the 600 million mark like those last two did uh seems to be a running theme here this movie is not doing so hot as uh at least the first two when it when it comes to you know how much money it made also kind of i guess in its release and uh, eventual you know competition in the box office yeah it is i mean it is disappointing that this has really gone down so far i mean 377 isn't like terribly far off the 416 from mm. the foreign markets it's way off of the 500 from last time but right. 521 is a precipitous drop from the first two movies i would say i mean when you wait five years this is what happens and I mean, just to make a comment on the total opening weekend grosses overall, um, they grossed $149 million. Total across three films for opening weekend really isn't great, I would say, considering DreamWorks Megamind in mm -hmm. its opening weekend grossed $100 million, like by itself, at right. least $100 million. Right. Yeah. So opening weekends, yeah. Uh -huh. They're real watery. Yeah. But they did yeah. do good overall. They all did good. It's just that, you know... Kung Fu Bitter um, 3, now being the third one in the series, is definitely the lowest of them all. And I would say that also kind of bleeds into the scores. Um, and I guess don't get us wrong, you know, so far this is still good money, but comparatively, this is definitely the lowest of them all. IMDb 87.1 and a meta score at a 66. So mm -hmm. it's not too far actually from Kung Fu Bitter 3. Um, I think it had a 7.2 in IMDb, but it's still the lowest of the three so far. Yeah, so the IMDb and Metascore are down by point are down by one essentially. Mm. Um, did you see what Letterbox was? I haven't done Letterbox yet, but Letterbox is at a three point one. Yeah, that's down from the three point three. I will say these scores are very close within range of each other. Yeah. Technically, this is the lowest scoring. Uh, across the majority of scores but yeah they're never going to touch that 74 meta score of the first one right right Rotten tomatoes still holding a fresh tomato at 87 percent critic score and 78 percent audience score and the cinema score again at an a so uh, that audience score i think it's pretty close to confirmation two right so it's actually higher than Kung Fu Panda 2 by okay. 4%, and it is 5% lower than the first one. Shockingly, that 87% critic score is the exact same as the first film. Critics across the board found this to be just as good, according to the Rotten Tomatoes, Rotten Tomatoes critics. And that, uh, yeah, the cinema score is the exact same. 
Right. So even though it is technically the lowest grossing and the lowest scoring of the three of them, you know, like we mentioned, it's, it's not that bad. It's not at that far down the list. There, are, you probably could make the argument that they're pretty much within margin of error um, mm -hmm. at this point. So, yeah. So I will say just to conglomerate the scores, Letterbox a three point three, IMDb seven point three, Metascore sixty nine, Rotten Tomatoes eighty five percent, and for critics and for audiences seventy eight percent. For a trilogy, that's pretty impressive, I would say. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I would say that there seems to be some kind of consistency here where the movies are at least good uh, to everybody, to all audiences, it seems, which is you don't usually get that with a lot of trilogies or a lot of franchises. Um, usually it's the third one that kind of, you know, blows expectations and does not deliver um, like people were expecting it to. Right. And I mean, as for like box office totals, this one pushed the series domestically over half a billion It in the foreign markets, put it at one point three billion. Mm -hmm. And finally, it brought the series dangerously close to two billion dollars at one point eight for worldwide totals. So these right. movies aren't like the most impressive domestically considering their like gross to budget ratio. But worldwide, I mean... For an animated trilogy, $1.8 billion is very impressive, I would say. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we'll have to see if we say if we have the same sentiment as everybody else. Do we, I wonder, coming this Monday, what our thoughts are going to be. Do we still think it's uh, about the same in terms of quality as the other two? Or is it more or is it below? Uh, we'll have to find out come Monday. So, Corbin, thank you for joining me. Sure thing. And listeners, we'll see you on Monday for the conclusion of, so far, of this uh, Kung Fu Panda trilogy so far. And so, listeners, don't <laughs> forget to come back because next week we're going to be hopping into Air Force One, which was going to be tied in with the uh, Top Gun series, but they moved Top Gun Maverick back, so we had to rework the schedule. Either way, after Air Force One, we'll hop into Space Jam, leading into Space Jam A New Legacy. You definitely don't want to miss that. So we'll see you then, listeners. The Silver Screen Guide podcast is edited and produced by Alan and Corbin. Intro and outro music is created by Thomas Rankin. The thoughts and opinions herein expressed are those of the individual and do not necessarily represent those held by Silver Screen Guide. Silver Screen Guide is not affiliated with any company or individual involved with the creation of this movie or TV show. No portion of the podcast may be used without express written permission from Silver Screen Guide.